probably in the 12th chapter, but instead of going into the 12th chapter immediately, what I would like to do is go back to the beginning statement of the text. In Parshas Bo, and it says in verse 1, Then Hashem said to Moshe, Come to Pharaoh. Come to Pharaoh. Bo el Pharaoh, a Pharaoh. For I have hardened his heart and his heart of his servants. And it goes on and on and on. And as I read the text again and began to meditate on it, um, some things just sort of began to sort of come down on the whole issue, and I wanted to share them with you tonight because I really didn't get a chance to hit this subject matter to its fullest. We talked briefly about how the, the difference between go to Paro and come to Paro, what that means, meaning that Hashem was where Paro was at, and He was calling Moshe to come to Paro, come here, this is where I'm at. Not you go, leave me here, and I'll be back here when you get finished. Hashem is telling Moshe what? I will be with you when you go to Paro. Really started me to think, because the Hasidic masters say that Paro represents the, the epitome of the Yetzirah, unchecked, its ego, its haughtiness, its pride, narcissism, the desire to be king, to be the, the one, the king of all, king of myself. And if that being the case is true, we'll have missed one of the major lessons that come out of this, comes out of this text. And that is, we have got to confront Pyro sooner or later. We've got to confront the Yetzirah sooner or later and deal with it. The we talked about how the last three plagues are mentioned here. There are how many plagues total? Ten plagues. So the six, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, the seven plagues in the first Parsha, three in the second. It says that in the seven plagues listed, why did, why did they decide to separate these plagues out? Why not put all the plagues together, then move to the Exodus story, you know, where they're actually leaving? Well, the sages say, that the first seven plagues were to, to begin to shake the world of the Hebrew people as well as Pyro, so that the Hebrew people can see the, that Hashem's effect on the physical world, right? That Hashem has power over the physical world and cause them to go, wow, He is our Creator, He is our God. And we all know that they were protected and they weren't uh, molested with during this time. They also could see the power of Hashem to break down the physical and the physical, uh, it, it was supposed to drive the uh, Pharaoh and the Egyptians to ultimate repentance and to say, you know, we'll let you go. We'll let the uh, Israelites go. And then the last three plagues were probably the deepest, darkest uh, difficulties for the Egyptian people because the seven didn't seem to affect them. Because they didn't get it in the physical, they had to be affected deep psychologically and emotionally and all those things. Which brings us back to this idea. As a matter of fact, uh, we were having lunch together. Me and some of the guys were with Roger and Moshe and 
I think Skip and Richard, um, and we were talking, and, and Skip brought up something really, really good. It's a Kabbalistic idea that the whole world is made up, obviously, of Hashem's energy, correct? And it's made up of atoms and molecules, et cetera, et cetera. And every scientist, if you were to ask him how much of the physical world is, is made up by these invisible atoms that we don't see with our naked eye, and they, and they would tell you that less than 1% of the physical world that you can see is that. The rest is unseen. The rest, every, even this, we're only seeing 1% of the atoms that are in this, in the molecules. 1%, what we see with our eyes. So in essence, all of the physical world is at some level a, an illusion, Right? When, that is why, and we, as we were having this discussion, that's why it's so important. As we begin to journey to ascend to higher levels of connecting to God, that we come to a realization that though everything in the physical world seems to be the most important, it's actually the least important. Even though the physical world can be the most painful, it's not the most important. Even though the physical world can hold us captive, it really is just an illusion of captivity. And I know that sounds like crazy talk, but in reality, there are plenty of people who have been in captivity who's had a liberated soul and mind, right? It's like you can capture my body, but you can't capture my soul and my mind. With that being said, the point of this was to bring the Israelite people and bring Paro to a place of recognizing the subconscious level come to a, a revelation of the subconscious level. If that, if that concept of the 1% is the physical, or the, that which we see, then the 1% is also our conscious level. Are you following me? What is the conscious level? The conscious level is stuff I think, stuff I know, stuff I speak. That's the 1%. Where do we spend most of our time? In the conscious level. What is, what is Eastern... Uh, Eastern, uh, what do you call it, religion, attempt to develop in a person. He, Eastern religions want them to come to higher levels of consciousness. Judaism says, no, go to the lower level, levels of the subconscious, of the spiritual, of the levels that only Hashem is in. That's where we need to go. That's where we deal with the, the big issues. So, the idea of of, of Pyro being the essence of ultimate evil. It says, some of the sages have said, why was Moshe fearful to go to Pyro? I don't believe he was fearful as much as he knew. He knew what he was getting ready to look into. Here, here's the example. Pyro was not only resistant against everything that Hashem had put his way to repent. He had become obstinate about it. So obstinate that Moshe was getting ready to look in the eyes of a man who was the utmost evil of his generation. It'd be like having an interview with Adolf Hitler. Think about that. What's fearful is that Moshe was concerned that being in the presence of Pyro would somehow affect his neshama, somehow affect his, maybe cause him to lose some level of trust in Hashem. Who knows what it was, but God says, you need to confront Pyro. This is your last time to do it. Come with me. Come with me. 
Where do we find Hashem in our world? Where do we find Hashem? Is He in synagogues? Is He everywhere? But where is He? Hashem is hidden. Where is He hidden? In the 99%. He's hidden in the sub-level of your consciousness. He's hidden in, the, he's hidden in all of creation. What we see in creation, we go, oh, we thank you, Hashem, for this tree, for, you know, and all the clouds and the creation. You are in everything, but in reality, he's concealed behind it all. Does that make sense? He's concealed behind it all. When Hashem says, come to Paro, to us, what does that mean to us? That means that we have to finally confront the negative um, character traits. The negative character traits of our life. It's the, it's the little king that's sitting on your throne that says, nobody else knows this, but I'm in charge of me. Nobody's going to tell me how to live my life, right? Or when we hear something from the Torah, we read something from the Ramchal that just, just challenges us, right? Hits us right in the gizzard. And we walk away and say, wow, that was for somebody else. All the while knowing that Hashem wanted to dethrone you off your little throne, right? That is confronting the power. That's confronting the power. Why did power have to be confronted? Because the Israelite people were still in captivity. What is Hashem teaching us by this text is this. If we don't confront the power inside of us, the Yetzirah, then we are still in some level of captivity. Captivity to our anger, captivity to our, our, our um, Lashon Hara, our evil speech, captivity to our negative thinking of injustice, our captivity about how we judge other people. Those are things that nobody else can see. Nobody, who, we, I can't judge you because I don't know what's in your mind. You can't judge me. However, Hashem knows the pyro in us. He wants to reveal His power to the inner self. He wants to reveal His power to you and to me. The question is, how do you accomplish that? Where do you find Hashem, and how do you access Paro inside of you? You've heard me mention several times about this, but it's called Hid Badadut, personal prayer. This concept of personal prayer is something that most of you are very familiar with. People who've been raised in a very strict liturgical environment often don't develop personal prayer. I'm not saying that, that um, saying the Amidah and all of the other prayers for, that are designed for us to pray is, is not important. But according to Rabbi Nachman, this type of prayer is the most important prayer. And it's, it's not... Listen, we should always be in about a, a, a mindset of connecting to Hashem all the time. We should be talking to Him all the time. But we're talking about setting aside time of the day where you clearly are talking to Hashem like I'm talking here and listening, listening to the voice of Hashem, analyzing yourself before Him. This personal prayer is, is very easy to Plan for, but very hard to execute. Because we always are fighting against Pharaoh. We're always fighting against Pharaoh. I mentioned it the other day, I mentioned about Emily. 
we were walking to go do our prayer, and she says, isn't it funny how you get out here and you start feeling hungry? All right? The next day, as God is my witness, we're walking out to the field, and I say, I can't believe I left the house. I wasn't hungry at all. Now I'm starving, right? It's amazing how this is the pyro inside of it. It, 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 it fights against the will of Hashem. It just, for some reason, it doesn't want to have to deal. It doesn't want to deal with all that stuff. It's too much mess. But one thing that I can tell you for sure, and the, you know, the great sages of Judaism who have mastered this, they don't go out there to pray about themselves. They go out there to check themselves before Hashem. They don't go out there with a laundry list and look, I'd like a Cadillac or a Mercedes if you can look it up. You know, if you can help me pay off my house, do that. There's nothing wrong with those things. But what they're out there doing is connecting to God. And then as they connect to Hashem, they'll go, you know what, I've, I've got this issue. I've been working on it for a long time. I, you know, I, I just can't control my thoughts of anger towards certain people. Or I just, you know, I just need help. This is how I need help. You know I have a lying tongue. I say things that are lies. That's that you can be honest with Hashem because He already knows, right? He already knows you can be honest with Him. But it's during that time you come off your throne as the pyro. Your Yetzirah comes off its throne and bows down to Hashem, the King of glory. That's the whole idea of this. And you have to approach it with boldness. Why? Because Hashem calls us to, uh, to uh, confront pyro. He calls us to do that. Why does he call us? Because he trusts you. He trusts you to do it. He's the one that has called you to Torah. He's the one who gives you imuna, faith. You didn't give yourself your own faith, did you? He gave you that faith. If he gave you that faith and he calls you to confront Pyro, then you should be going in, kicking the front of your, of your, of your soul, of your mind, your psyche, and say, Hashem, I'm here by myself. I'm out in the field or I'm on the couch at the house, nobody here. And I'm praying you hear my voice because I'm going to cry out to you. I need to come off my little throne. Do you realize the power of that? Do you realize how quick it would take to revolutionize your life when you feel the shackles fall off? It is possible in personal prayer to be liberated and set free from all of the bondage that comes from Mitzrayim, from Egypt of your life. When Pharaoh, when Pharaoh finally drowns in the Dead Sea, Israel shouted and danced on the other side. You remember that? Miriam, she took her tambourine and they danced and sung. We'll talk about that next week. That's the liberation that comes to the soul that has poured itself out in personal prayer before Hashem. We go to Hashem and tell them things that you couldn't tell each other. Now, sure, we have good relationships, and I think we're pretty transparent, but guys, there's some things we just don't want to share with anybody but the Creator. You go before Him, you say, Hashem, I've got this issue in my life. I've, I've pretty much dealt with everything but this one thing. And if you don't help me, I'm helpless. And can I tell you something? Generally, we're always going, we always going to, we're always going to have the Yetzirah, okay? So we know that. But each one of us are, are given some level of Achilles heel spiritually that we constantly are going to have to deal with. Okay, whatever it may be. It, it could be in the physical too, but it's an Achilles heel that you'll constantly have to pray for. Why? 
It's what needs to be corrected. We, we talked about this Monday night. Uh, Daniel Neord did a fantastic job. But he talked about tikkun, correction. And if you're having to deal with the same thing over and over and over, then just know you go before Hashem, you confess it. And you say, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this over and over and I'm trying my best, but you know, only you can remove this. So I'm going to do my part. I'm going to every day do tshuva over this issue. I'm going to repair this. Not only am I going to do tshuva over it, but I'm going to repair it by not doing it. Now, one of the things that we learned from the Ramchal, and I mentioned this the other day, is that the level of nikius or cleanliness that he talks about in his books requires us to go to such a deep level of the subconscious that we're not even half of the time aware that we do the things or think the things we do. And that's what the Ramchal is talking about, is if we truly want to break away and serve Hashem, then it means that at the, at the, at the most infinite level of your subconscious, that you, can't even, you don't even comprehend that you do these things. If you don't do personal prayer, you'll never know that you do them. Because it is in personal prayer that you go into this space and you sort of navigate through it with Hashem and, and you walk through it and all of a sudden a thought comes to your mind you realize, you know what, I do this all the time and I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't be disrespectful to my elders or I should, you know, whatever it may be. As, as small and insignificant as it may seem, every bit of it's important because it puts the Yetzirah in check, right? Here's, so if you want to do Hidde the Boot, a personal prayer, here's some notes that I took down. Set a time each day to meditate and pray alone in a room or somewhere in a meadow to express your innermost thoughts and feelings and personal prayer to God. I find being in the house is distracting. Too many things can distract me. Okay, I'm just telling you, I tried to do that the other day in, in my office. The weather was bad. And get halfway through it, and the next thing I'm looking at, at my iPhone. All right? That just is not going to work. Hashem has got to get me out in the nature where I can't get distracted. Um, use, here we go. Um, use every kind of appeal or argument before Hashem. Moshe did this, right? Use words that will endear you to God and win His favor. How do we... Use words to endear ourselves to God. Begin to declare what Hashem is. Hashem, your righteousness endures forever. And I, can, I can't depend on anybody else's righteousness. I can't even depend on my own righteousness. Your righteousness is my righteousness. Right? You see all that? It's just endure yourself to Hashem and spend time thinking of the wonderful attributes. And if you have a difficult time with that, find a psalm. It's an elevation psalm, right? Psalm of, of, of elevation. Uh, plead to God to draw closer and let you truly serve Him. This is what personal prayer is. It's getting out and even if you only do this for the first few times, read a couple of Psalms and then the whole time that you're doing it, commit at least 30 minutes. Try 30 minutes, deal with 30 minutes. But in that 30 minutes, for the first couple of weeks, you're just pleading with Hashem. I want to draw close to you. I want to be near you. I I want my heart to be your heart, Hashem. I, I want your mind to be like, I be in my mind. Somehow filter all of this mess that I have in my human mind and help me to have your mind. And it seems so lofty to ask that, but is that not what Hashem wants you to do? 
go before me. You say, I just beg you. I want to draw close to you. I don't, I don't want to be way out away from you. I know what it's like to be out there, and it's not comfortable. It's not good. Beautiful and enduring yourself to Hashem. Next, you should hold these conversations in whatever language you speak best. Our set prayers are, uh, our said prayers are said in Hebrew, but this is not, uh, if that's not your native language, then obviously don't do that. Uh, it is easier to pour out your heart and say everything you need to do in your own language. And I know a lot of people who read, uh, especially Christians who come from King James Version, and they like to do the King James prayers. Cut the mess. That's, Hashem's not impressed with your these and thous, okay? Just talk to him like you talk to a, to a friend. Uh, you should tell God everything you feel. Okay, let's say you go out and you don't feel like praying. Say, Hashem, I'm, I'm here, I'm just be honest with you. I, I don't feel like doing this. But I know it's bet for my better. Change my heart. Change my mind. Don't let me feel this way. That is a powerful concept to go before Hashem and just be straight up and honest with him. I'm not in the mood. It took, it took everything I had to come to this place, change my heart. And I'm going to tell you, every time I've ever uttered that, he softens my heart. And by the time I leave, I don't want to leave, right? Next, be in contrition and longing to repent over the past or request and supplications to come truly close to Hashem. From now on, each person according to his level. So that means, man, the first thing you do when you get into that mode, just be in a mode of repenting, telling Hashem how sorrowful you are for the dark things that you've practiced in your life, and the dark things that are deep within your, your, your mind that no one else knows about, that only He knows about, and, and ask Him to illuminate us. Hashem, light up my, those secret spots, secret places that I don't know about, Listen, it's so easy for us to get in a habit of not approaching Hashem, thinking, well, it's all okay, He understands me, and I can just say, I'm sorry. But that's not what changes Pyro on the, on the altar, right, on, the, on His throne. What takes Pyro off the throne of, of your life is when you come before Hashem in contrition and humility and brokenness, and you cry to Hashem and say, Hashem, you've got to change the way I am. He'll do it, I promise you. Be very careful to, uh, to get into the habit of spending time every day in your personal prayers and meditation. Fix a regular time for this, and then be happy for the rest of the day. For this, then you'll be happy for the rest of the day. boot is the greatest value in this way to come closer to God because it includes everything else, no matter what you lack in your service of God. Even if you feel totally remote from His service, tell God everything and ask Him for all that you need. Uh, if uh, at times you find yourself unable to speak to God or even mouth the words, the very fact that you are before Him wanting and yearning to speak to Him is, is good in, its, in and of itself. You can even turn your very inability to speak in prayer and tell Him you feel so far away that you can't even speak to Him. Ask Him to have mercy on you and open your mouth and tell Him what you need. Even if you just said, I'm, I'm out of words. I don't know what to say. Shut up. Don't say anything. Just be quiet. Just be in a contemplative mood. Many great and famous Zedekim have said that all their achievements came only through this personal prayer. Anyone with understanding can recognize the supreme value of this practice, which ascends to the most sublime heights. This advice applies to everyone equally from the very least to the very greatest. Everyone is capable of practicing it and can attain great levels. Happy are all who persist in it. It is 
also good to turn to Torah teachings and prayer uh, in, into prayers. So, for example, take a, a Torah lecture that you, you watch. And, you know, one of the most common one a lot of us are watching is Rav, Rav Dor Casado. Take one of his lessons and meditate on the lesson. Make yourself some notes. Go out to the field. Go out to a quiet place and meditate on the things that, that you wrote notes on. It can be a very powerful, beautiful thing. If you can't do mitzvahs, because there are some reasons why we can't do some mitzvahs, right? There is no excuse for not doing personal prayer. That doesn't, doesn't take anything. It just takes time, right? Now, let's sort of conclude this topic by adding on top of personal prayer the most important thing to do to confront Pyro. The giving of charity, tshuva, repentance, and constant prayer. Those three things will change you. Why, how does giving charity change up, change me? What, what about giving charity affects me so much? Do you know? Do you have a clue? Any idea? There you go. You're being benevolent. Pyro is not a benevolent king. He's not. He loves himself. He wants all the power for himself to give money to the poor, to give money to a Torah teacher or something like that. You are giving up something that is very close to you. Therefore, you're releasing of yourself your authority over your property. It's a very powerful thing. The second thing, tshuva. Why is tshuva so important? Because it puts you in a place of humility before the Creator. A king, there can't be two kings in this relationship. It's only going to be one king, and it's Hashem. And last, of course, Hidetabut, personal prayer. So whenever Hashem told Moshe, Boel Paro, come to Pharaoh, he's calling us the same way. Come to Pharaoh. He's calling you to the field. He's calling you to a private place. Maybe it's early in the morning when you get up. Maybe it's in the mid-afternoon. Whenever you decide to do it. And you get alone with Hashem and talk to Him. And say, you know what? I think I've got a power over here. Every one of us has one. It's just what level you have reduced Him down to. So that concludes the lesson. Anybody have any questions? Fears, doubts, unbeliefs. Now would be the time to, to ask those. Any questions, comments? I like the thing about coming because it's not like he says you go out and deal with it and then you can come to me it's just that's there. the beauty like if you don't have anything to say at least you're with him you're with Hashem you're with it and that's what and that's what really struck me is Hashem's not saying Rod go off and take care of your business get correct get fixed and then come to me no what Hashem is saying come here son come here pull you under my arm you got to deal with these things. He wants you to come to him. Very good. Mm-hmm. Tefila. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. One 
of the things, and I'll, I'm going to repeat this for the video because I want to keep the Q&A session on the end. Uh, one person said that, you know, tefillah means to judge oneself and that what changes in your personal prayer is you, you begin to examine yourself internally. You begin to examine yourself at the root level. Very important. One of the things that, um, that I have found and I've heard witnessed by rabbis who have mastered Hiddedevut, to include when Richard shared his testimony to me, that positive things begin to take place because of personal prayers. The personal prayers were not about asking God for positive things wasn't being asked for Parnassah. There's nothing wrong with those things, okay? There's nothing wrong with saying, I'd like a raise, or I'd like Parnassah. But if I'm going to go before a king, I, the, the thing that I want most is favor from the king. And how do I get favor from the king but to appear to him to be a good subject, a good citizen of his kingdom, one who's loyal, one who's committed to doing my part in his kingdom? That's what Hashem's looking for. So when we go judge ourselves, I guarantee you that if you would begin to commit to that time of prayer every day, you'll begin to see things happen that you'll go, there's no way to explain this. No way to explain it. I mean, and and also, you will find yourself quickly being able to recognize what is is sort of the uh, abundance of Hashem. You'll you'll, You'll see it. Something happened to us today at the house and and my wife says, hey, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so, we got the whole deal with Emily that was there. And I immediately knew that's, that's the hand of God because there's no way that you could get all of this to come fall together so perfectly without any, any problems. It just fell together. So the challenge will be is can you trust Hashem enough to say, I'll focus on me, Hashem, you take care of the rest. I'll take care of me before you. But I trust you, you'll take care of the rest.